Or bring, can we bring the, the, here we go. Since August 25th, 2020, this is the first time that you have told your story. Sustained. Since <laughs> August 25th, 2020, you've had the benefit <laughs> Not going well so far. of watching countless Already lost videos of your actions that night, correct? I've seen certain videos, not all of them. I've seen the majority of them actually here during the trial. You've also had the opportunity to read articles. People have written interviews, things like that, about what happened that night, correct? I, I do my best to avoid what people write on the internet. A majority of it, it's not true. You have <laughs> also sat here through eight days of trial, correct? Yes. And you've had the opportunity to watch all of the videos yes. that have been played in this trial? Yes. Sir, if you could please let me finish my question. Before oh, what a dick. And I will do my best to let you finish your answer before I go on to the next question. Fair? Oh, yes. what a dick. You've also had the opportunity to listen to the testimony of all 30-some witnesses that have testified in this trial so far, correct? Yes. And after all of that now, you are telling us your side of the story, correct? Correct. Um, I'm going to ask you folks to go in the library for just a second. Who's going to talk about the We're going to get Judge Smackdown. Here we go. They're moving the jury out because the judge is going to smack down the prosecutor, likely for um, intimating that he has some obligation to tell his story before. Um, and that's something that before Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand, the judge made very clear to the jury. The prosecution is not allowed to make an issue of a defendant's silence. They are not allowed to intimate that a defendant's silence is somehow an admission of guilt or that it is somehow... Um, an admission that he is less trustworthy. You always have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you, regardless of whether it's to a police officer in a court or to a TV camera. Let's go ahead and listen. For this. Your Honor, I don't want to. Defendant's defendant counsel is about to. My client's right to remain silent. Here we go. You know, Your Honor, I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case, now he's tailoring the yes, story to what has already been introduced. No. The problem is, this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. And that is I should have gone to law school. You're right. You're right on the you're right on the borderline. And you may you may be over, but uh, it better stop. Understood. This is I can't think of the case, the initial case on it, but it's, uh, this is not permitted. All right. Um, ask the jury to come in, please. Yes. Oh, man. I'm spot on with the prediction. So the jury's well, now going to come back in. No, no, keep it up. Keep it up. They're, they're bringing they're gonna the jury in. They're going to we'll strike it. They're, they're going to end up striking the last line of questioning, is my guess. And probably going to instruct the jury, if I would guess. The the judge just is pissed. What he just heard. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Judge is pissed because he went out of his way before the jury came in to let both to let the prosecution know you cannot intimate that yeah. silence is guilt. You cannot. It is unacceptable. It's a violation of his constitutional right to remain silent. And it's not just your right to remain silent. Before there, anything you say to a, a news camera or to a journalist can be used against you. They have taken interviews that people have given and try to catch them up on the stand and prove that they're lying to, to suggest that they are not completely trustworthy. So he's about to, he's about to rip them a new one and, uh, and, and, and force the jury to not to unhear it. The problem is they've already heard it. So uh, you can say, strike it. You can say, don't take that yeah, into but account. It's, but at the, the end judge, of the day, they've already heard it. Listen, the judge, could also, the judge could also issue a mistrial right now based on that information. Could. The yeah, judge can also yeah. uh, put him up for objection. official misconduct. You were armed with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle that evening, correct? Yes. You had it loaded with 30 rounds of full metal jacket ammunition, Oh, correct? my God. Yes. That weapon with 30 rounds is capable of killing at least 30 people, correct? <laughs> yes. This is the questioning? 
you had arranged to have Dominic Black purchase that weapon for you in Ladysmith, Wisconsin in early May of 2020. Is that correct? Um, we were up north shooting and not shooting. We were up north going camping, and Dominic Black brought his rifle, and he was. We were talking. I was like, "Hey, what if we get a rifle for me? Um, you, I'll give you the money. You can purchase it. It's yours until I'm 18." So, I bought the rifle for Dominic, and I can use it. But once I'm 18, um, we can uh, do a private sale, and we can have it turned over to my name once I turned 18. Because you knew, as a 17-year-old. You could not have that gun, correct? I knew I could not, not buy sure. that gun. You knew you could you not go. possess that gun also, correct? No. Nope. No. Not you sure. weren't aware that under Wisconsin law... I'm going to instruct the jury later about the law. So, and that he wouldn't... What he thinks on the subject is not dispositive anyway, so... He, he um, can possess a gun. He just can't buy it. He, it was unlawful for him to purchase the gun. It wasn't just unlawful for you to purchase it. It was unlawful for you to bring it home, correct? In Illinois, I wasn't able to bring it home because I didn't have a FOID card, a firearm owner identification card you in knew Illinois. In, you knew in Illinois that you couldn't get that until you turned 18, correct? No, you can get a FOID card at 16 in Illinois. But you didn't have one. <laughs> I did not. And even after this gun was purchased for you in May, you never got one after that either, did you? Actually, I applied for a FOID card in May of 2020, but due to the charges, and there was a backlog in Illinois because, for the FOID card, but after you filed the charges against me, um, it was denied because of the charges here in this state. You found out wow. about that after you were criminally charged in this case? I found out about this in November of 2020. A letter was sent to my old resident. So you knew that without that FOID card, the gun could not go back to your residence in Illinois, correct? Correct. And you agreed that the gun would be kept at Dominic Black's stepfather's house here in Kenosha, correct? Uh, because he had a safe, yes. And you agreed that you wouldn't have access to that gun, correct? Um, we agreed that the only time I would use the gun is when I would when I was with him and we would go to like the Bristol shooting range or up north to his land. But the only time prior to the night of August 25th, 2020 that you ever used that gun was up in Ladysmith, correct? Correct. So you didn't go to the Bristol shooting range ever. I did. Not with that rifle, but I did. Pay attention to my question, please. <laughs> you didn't ever oh, go what an ass. to the Bristol shooting range with that gun, correct? Correct. And you picked out that gun because Dominic had one, correct? I, yeah. You could have, if you wanted to, chosen from any number of guns that were for sale, fair enough? That were at that store, there weren't many, but yes. I'm sure the store in Ladysmith isn't the only store that sells guns, correct? Uh, you can ask questions. That was don't, a question. Don't, no, it was a statement. Isn't it correct, Mr. Rittenhouse, <laughs> that there are other places to purchase guns wow. besides that one store in Ladysmith, Wisconsin? Um, I believe so, but that's where we're at, so that's where we got the gun. And you, if you wanted to, could have given Dominic Black money to purchase a gun at other locations, fair? Didn't cross my mind, but now that you say it, yeah. Why did you pick or want Dominic Black to buy for you an AR-15 as opposed to a pistol or a shotgun or some other type of rifle? I cannot legally possess or carry a pistol because I'm not 18 in Wisconsin. I, I, I believe it's 18 in Wisconsin for a pistol. Um, but with the, walk, with the rifle, I knew, I knew I could possess that rifle. I knew I couldn't buy it, but I knew I could like take it like the shooting range or possess it um, and with shotguns they didn't have any shotguns in stock that was my original plan to get a shotgun for trap shooting but there weren't any at that lady Smith, lady Smith store and I didn't want to go to Walmart and buy one 
So your understanding at that time was that Wisconsin law prohibited you as a 17-year-old from possessing a pistol, but you could have an AR-15? Yes. Yes. What was that understanding based on? Uh, the understanding was based on um, when we would go up north, uh, we were, it was me, Dominic, and my sister, and we were allowed to carry the rifles around, and the officers over there said it was fine. Um, I'm going to move to strike as hearsay, to what officers <laughs> told You asked the question on what the, what the source of his knowledge was. <laughs> he just got <laughs> shut down again. It, it's not admissible, and none of this is, frankly, and that's why I interrupted before. Um, what the what the defendant believes the law to be, what the district attorney believe, believes the law to be, what uh, the defense believes the law to be, are irrelevant. I will tell you when I instruct you what the law of Wisconsin is pertaining to the possession of a firearm by a person under 18, uh, and that'll be the source of your knowledge. I'm allowing the testimony right now because it bears on uh, um, there's an old maxim under the law ignorantia iuris non excusat ignorance of the, yeah, the law. of the law is not an excuse ignorance of the criminal law is not an excuse if you commit a wrong a, a criminal act whether you knew it was criminal or not you're responsible for your conduct and and because you're responsible to know the law it's not relevant except in this case there are specific issues about his awareness and knowledge about certain conduct that is relevant on some issues. So it's quite complicated. Uh, hopefully it'll sort out when I instruct you. At the He's end. talking to the jury but right That's now. why I'm allowing the questions and the answers, but do not be confused about what anything that these people say is not necessarily accurate as to the state of Wisconsin law. Any question about that? It is okay, legal for him to possess a firearm. So you're telling Wisconsin. us that the reason that you wanted Dominic to buy you an AR-15 as opposed to a pistol is, is the only reason was because you felt you couldn't lawfully possess a pistol? Correct. You didn't pick out the AR-15 for any other reason? I thought it looked cool, um, but no. You didn't pick it out because you wanted to go hunting with it, did you? No. You didn't pick it out because you were going to um, use it to protect your house, correct? Correct. You picked it out because it looked cool. I thought it looked cool. Guess it, that's the reason, yes. It resembled the types of weapons that are used in first-person shooter video games, correct? I don't really play first-person shooter video games. I have, but I believe there's a variety of guns, including shotguns, pistols. <laughs> it there's guns in video games that resemble all guns. Isn't it true when you would hang out at, with Dominic Black, you'd play Call of Duty and other first-person shooter video games? Sometimes. And those are games in which you use weapons like AR-15s to pretty much shoot anybody who comes at you. Oh, correct? my gosh. It's a this is video game where two players are playing together. I don't really understand the meaning of your question, to be honest. Isn't one of the things people do in these video games try and kill wow. everyone else with your guns? So this is what this is what he's trying to suggest. He should say not every video game. Yeah, it's a video game. It's just a video game. It's not real life. Now, you introduced yourself as living wow. in Walworth County right now. Is yes. that right? On the date that this all happened, you were an Illinois resident? Correct. You had grown up in Illinois? Correct. You had not spent any significant time living here in Wisconsin, correct? No. You'd agree with me that's correct? No, I, I spent time at my father's house and partially live here also, so no, that's not correct. You indicated you had attended, <laughs> was it Penn Foster High School? Yes. That's an online high school? Correct. So you were not attending high school in person? No. And at the time that all of the things in this case were happening, from the time the AR-15 was prosecutor purchased is to as the dumb night as of August rock. 25th, 
You were 17 years well, he's, old. He's trying to make time. a very specific Correct. argument. Correct. Yeah. Can we have exhibit number seven up, please? That he can't tell the difference between video games in real life. Trying to claim that he didn't have the right to possess the gun. They're trying to set up a, a potential straw purchase, which is very weak because he didn't buy it to take. He bought it to have someone hold it. Like, if you, if you go shooting with someone, you give them money. Hey, I'd love to shoot a gun with you when you go shooting. Why don't you get one for me, too? And then, yeah, when, we're, when I'm legal, maybe we can sell it. They're trying to set up other charges because the straw purchase is not, is not on the table for any of the charges here. That's a federal crime, which, again, yes. you had mentioned, Joe. Yes. Biden's yeah. administration will likely go after him after this. You know that that's the case. Yeah. It was very interesting that he asked him how he learned about the law. On the screen. And when he answered, he tried to Yes, that's it. my old TikTok account. That was a TikTok uh, account that you had during the summer of 2020, correct? Yes. And it says your name on there, Kyle? Yes. Your username on TikTok was Four Doors More Whores? Yes. And that's a picture of you there with your AR-15, correct? Yes. And underneath that, you have put on your profile the phrase, bruh, B-R-U-H, I'm just trying, T-R-Y-N-A, be famous. Is that correct? Yes. You're the one who wrote that? Yes. <laughs> what does that have to you do with it? You testified that to a child at social some media point account. you were involved really got him in there. Uh, some sort of EMT oh. cadet program. I was a firefighter EMT cadet at Antioch Fire Department. When was that? Um, Don't give me days you don't know it. I was a cadet at the Antioch Fire Department, um, I believe from 2018 or 2019, up until the incident of August 25th. An EMT cadet is someone who's just beginning the process of eventually achieving full EMT certification. Is that correct? No. Were you studying to be an EMT before August 25th, 2020? I was learning about certain things in the field of firefighting and EMS. But that's not actually formal classes, is it? Um, no, we met once a week, and we would either, depending on the day, we would either do um, EMT stuff, like learning how to do airways, um, or we'd do firefighter stuff, like doing hose drags and learning how to um, crawl through buildings. And these are things that you did with the, uh, which firefighter, Antioch Fire? Antioch Fire Department. You weren't a member of the fire department, were you? I was. You were a actual on-duty Member no, that's not on the roster of the Antioch Fire Department? That's not no, what no. So no. when you say you're a member, what do you mean? I was a member of the Antioch Fire Cadet Program. We were issued shirts, Antioch Fire Cadet member. <laughs> um, we would help with Come the on. pancake breakfast at the VFWs, and we would wear Antioch Fire Department staff shirts. I still have one in my closet. I, and maybe I didn't express myself clearly. You were not a member of the Antioch Fire Department, correct? I was a member of the cadet program, which was through the fire department. So you'd go out and fight fires? <laughs> we can go on ride-alongs, but we can't go into burning buildings for liability reasons. You'd go out there and you'd save people from burning buildings? Not me personally. Because as a cadet, they would never let you anywhere near He that, just said right? that. They wouldn't let just said any that. of the cadets go into an actual Asked live an answer. fire. At the end of whatever Dude, this, this program this, is, this you weren't ADA is a sociopath. Official firefighter, were you? Even looks like a no, sociopath. No, it's to help prepare you for the firefighter academy. Firefighter kind of looks like Coomer. Kind of looks like you Coomer, weren't going to be true. an EMT at the end of this program either, were you? No. You know that to be an EMT, you have to be 18 and a high school graduate, correct? Uh, depending on the state in Illinois, you can take a class at the college at 16 and you can have your EMT license by the age of 17. I wasn't in that class, but <laughs> you, know you can. You never did any of that? No, I was online <laughs> school. So they're gonna and try and trap him. You're since here he said in Ocean, Wisconsin saying you're an EMT, correct? Yes. That was a lie? Yes. You were also telling people you were 18 or 19 years old. That was a lie too, right? No, I didn't tell anybody my age that night. 
you never volunteered it at all, did you? I didn't. Because you knew as a 17-year-old you shouldn't have been there, right? No, I just didn't find it relevant to give my name. Well, I gave my name, but my age to anybody. It just not, it wasn't something that came up in conversation. It's because you felt if people found out how old you were, they'd realize you shouldn't have been there, right? No, it just because it didn't come up in conversation. If somebody would have asked, I would have been like, yeah, I'm 17. So you felt that as a 17-year-old, it was appropriate for you to be out on the streets of Kenosha with an AR-15 that night. Fair? I believe I had any other right to be there as anybody else. As any other adult? As anybody. But you weren't an adult? No. You but they're that trying that you him were as an working adult. At the yeah, we're trying him as an adult, but he's not an adult. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah, working yeah. at the Y before that. Is that right? Yes. That was a YMCA down in Illinois, correct? Correct. And you had gotten furloughed there when COVID hit in March? Yes. And you had only started working at the RecPlex on August 14th, correct? Um, I believe I got hired before that, but I was on vacation on August 14th, so I couldn't. I was on vacation, so I couldn't start until August 14th. Your first time working at the RecPlex was on August 14th, correct? I believe that was my first day. And then you worked the week after that from August 17th to August 23rd, correct? I believe so, uh, till August 24th I worked. And then your final shift was on uh, August 24th, correct? Yes. You worked a total of 41 and a half hours at the RecPlex, correct? That's the number you got. And you were a lifeguard? Yes. You were walking around their swim area with one of those red, long, life-saving things <laughs> oh monitoring gosh. the pool. A rescue tube, yes. Okay. So, but that was the, at the indoor pool at the RecPlex? It was at the indoor, it was at the, I don't know if you're familiar with the RecPlex. I am. Um, I guarded the water park area and the competition pool. Okay. So they've got a water park area with a slide and a zero entry pool, is that right? Yes. And then next to that they've got a larger, almost Olympic sized pool where swim meets happen. A 50 meter um, competition pool divided in half to make it a 25. Okay, and you were lifeguarding at both of those? I, I would uh, rotate, we had rotations and me and other guards, we would do three, we had three person shifts we would rotate out watching the different areas of our zones. You indicated that at no time did this gun, this AR-15, ever leave the state of Wisconsin. Is that right? Other than the night after, other than that. Before the shootings. Correct. There was a time, though, where you wanted to have it with you down in Illinois, isn't it? It wasn't there? Um, I believe there was a time when I was, me and Dominic were mad at each other, um, yeah. You were mad at Dominic? Me and Dominic were mad over something. And you wanted to have the gun with you down there? I think I said something along those lines. You'd agree with me that, let me, let me back up for a second here. You have testified to this jury that you used deadly force against Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, the man who attempted to kick you in the face, and Gage Grosskreutz on the night of August 25th, correct? Yes. And you did that because you felt that your life was in danger from those four people, correct? Yes. And you are telling this jury that it was, in your mind, justified to use deadly force to protect your own life, correct? Yes. You'd agree with me that you were not allowed to use deadly force to protect that car source building, correct? Well, I, w I wasn't using deadly force to protect the property. I used deadly force to protect myself, so. I, I, please listen to my question and answer my question if you can. He answered your question, You'd agree Dumbass. with me that you were not allowed to use deadly force to protect that car source building, correct? Yes. You'd agree with me that you were not allowed to use deadly force to stop someone from smashing the windows of an unoccupied parked car, correct? I don't think you could use deadly force for that. You'd agree with me that you can't use deadly force to stop someone from letting a metal dumpster on fire, These are straw correct? man arguments. You'd agree with me that you can't use deadly force to stop someone 
from tipping over a porta potty, correct? Correct. You'd agree with me that you can't use deadly force to stop someone from lighting a flatbed trailer on fire, correct? Correct. You'd agree with me that you can't use deadly force to stop someone who is about to start an unoccupied He's going to try and intimate fire, right? yeah. and ask him, why did you have correct. the gun then? You'd agree with me that you can't use deadly force to stop someone from lighting some traffic cones in the middle of the street on fire, correct? Correct. So you understand that there's a difference between using deadly force to protect yourself and using it to protect property, correct? Yes. And you'd agree with me that you're not allowed to use deadly force to protect property, correct? Yes. That you don't own. But yet you have previously indicated that you wished you had your AR-15 to protect someone's property, correct? I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you to go into the library uh, again for a moment, please. Please don't talk about the case. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive and yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. About to get admonished yet yeah. again. <laughs> you have been admonished. And the, and the reason being is because the... Oh, go ahead, Max. Well, you're allowed to use deadly force to defend your own property. That's not what this case you're is about. It's not what this case is about. So and he so, is once again lecturing the jury on what the law is. That's the judge's job to explain what the law is. It's not the prosecution or the defense. It's their, their job to, to argue whether or not the law was broken. Um, so that would probably be my guess because he is kind of going on and on about what the law is. And he's once again trying to see what Kyle Rittenhouse believes the law to be. Mr. Richards? Your Honor, Mr. Binger is either forgetting the court's rulings or attempting to provoke a mistrial on this matter. He knows he can't go into this and he's asking the questions. I ask the court to strongly admonish him and the next time it happens, I'll be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. He's an experienced attorney, and he knows better. Mr. Finger? First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that. And the court left the door open. This for me, not for you. Yes! My understanding yes! is you should have come and asked for, uh, for reconsideration. You did on the one motion, and in fact, I granted your motion for reconsideration. That was Excuse not our me, motion. I, 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 uh, not so, uh, excuse me, I, I, I did, I granted. We did not move to reconsider. That was their motion. I, I, we have not filed any me. motions to reconsider in this case. That was their motion for reconsideration, which I denied. But uh, I said I denied it, or I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury. You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. Hallelujah, I have baby. no idea why you would do something like that. <laughs> and it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're he, up to. He was about to get into mistrial. Yes. We filed another acts motion on this exact issue because in my mind, and I argued this, it is identical to what was going on on the night of August 25th in the sense that the defendant was using this exact same weapon. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. There's, 
Your Honor, I, with all due respect. I'm not going to rehash the motion. That's absolutely untrue. It and is there's no, no, no. Your arguments of record, my comments are of record, and why I ruled as I did is of record. There's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest anything's changed, even if you're correct in your assumption that you know more than uh, I did at the time. Uh, you should have come to the court and say, I want to go into this. Uh, why you would think that you could go into it without any advance notice to the court, I don't understand that. And as the uh, defense is pointing out, you're an experienced trial lawyer, and this should not have been gone into. Your Honor, there have been things in this case, testimony in this case, that I believe opens the door to this. For example, the defense has introduced evidence that the defendant pointed a gun at a man wearing yellow pants because that person was on a car, on a car source lot. Now, no, there's no justification that I can think of. He said he did not. Why he said he did not. Gun at someone. The defendant has just testified this morning that he agreed with that you person see the stuff I'm in the yeah, yellow pants that he pointed the gun at. He said, I was joking when I said that to the guy in the yellow pants, but he said, he did not. he's acknowledged he that he told the person in the yellow pants, yeah, you're right. I did point a gun at you when you were sitting on a car. This he guy's said, a liar. That's what he exactly. So he's agreeing. May I finish, please? I'd like to have a chance to make the didn't. record, if I could, without being interrupted, if that's okay. He has mentioned that he has he's acknowledged that he's used this gun to protect property. He's also just acknowledged that he knows he can't do that. What a piece I of trash. I am attempting to impeach him now he, with he the lied. prior August 10th incident, 15 days prior, involving the same gun, where he is threatening to use that gun to protect property. It he goes. Didn't have the gun with it. Your Honor, he is saying he wished he did so he could shoot people. You know, there's a lot of difference between commenting about something when you haven't got a gun and threatening someone when you do. You know, it's interesting, Your Honor, because the entire defense theory in this case is Joseph Rosenbaum, who was unarmed. I want you to tell me what the defense theory of the case is. I want. May I, look, res may I respond look, to what you just said? Going on a while. I'd like to respond to what you can just you said. I, I apologize, Madam Court Reporter, but I'd like to try and make slow a record for the without reporter. <laughs> anyone interrupting me, if that's okay. I believe that there is a central part of this case that Mr. Rosenbaum is making threats that he has no ability to carry out. So to your point, Your Honor, you're what? arguing that this August 10th incident, one, one aspect of why you don't believe it's relevant is the defendant didn't have the gun with him. The, this case is about someone who didn't have a weapon, and yet the jury is being told oh because of those threats, that means because the defendant has to someone. defend himself. No. So, with all due respect, Your Honor, yeah, mere verbal threats have already been shown to this jury and used as a basis for someone's subsequent actions. I am attempting, with the defendant, to use his mere verbal threat on August 10th, 15 days prior, that he's going to shoot shoplifters with his AR-15 to impeach the defendant in a murder trial. I would ask the court's forbearance to do that. I apologize, Your Honor. You're right. I probably should have brought this to your attention earlier. I may have misunderstood your ruling because I oh, thought he's a liar. your oh, ruling was if the I evidence in this case made that more relevant, you would admit it or at least consider it an admittance. I believe, based on the evidence that we've heard and more specifically exactly what the defendant said earlier, about admitting pointing a gun no, at he someone didn't who's merely that. jumping or sitting on a car, that the door is open now to this he testimony. Didn't do that. And I continue to believe that. that his state of mind, his intent, his belief as to self-defense is the core of this case. That was the basis for my motion. You were strongly inclined against it. I understand that. But now we're in the middle of trial, and there's been a lot of evidence that's come in that I think makes this relevant. So I'm attempting to impeach the defendant on his beliefs. I believe I'm entitled to impeach the defendant on his beliefs and you know, on his I'm statements. Gonna, I'm going to interrupt you now because you're talking about his beliefs. I think that's what they call his statements to your honor. Because he just said, can't use deadly force, can't threaten to use deadly force to protect property. So now I'm impeaching him on that. Your honor, what's, the, the court has seen no reason to change its ruling. And just so this record is clear, in spite of the lengthy statement by Mr. Binger, before we started today, the court specifically stated in Mr. Binger's presence, there's been nothing to have me change any of my rulings. There have been numerous occasions during this trial where they've opened the door, 
the one time when they're going into Mr. Rosenbaum's prior reason he doesn't like guns, and I said something, I whispered in Mr. Krause's ear, it's because of the prior convictions. Please stop. And he did. He knows if you're going to go into something that's been excluded in a pretrial order, you better ask the court, you better get permission. This is ridiculous. It, was, know, it wasn't excluded, Your Honor. You know why it was excluded in the first place? Because it's, it was propensity evidence. That is exactly what 90404 is designed to prevent. You're talking about his attitudes. His attitude is he wants to shoot people. Now, I've admitted that kind of evidence in other trials when it's been appropriate. I didn't admit it in this case because, to me, what I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that just hours ago, I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. That was before so the why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me. That was before the testimony. Don't get testimony. brazen with me. Uh, uh, you knew very well. You know very well. <laughs> I freaking this love this great. judge. Types of areas where like, the judges bam, are bam. without asking outside the presence of the jury to do. I something. have a meeting so I have to that. go to, and I don't want to leave. <laughs> number two, this is propensity evidence. I said at the time that I made my ruling, and I'll repeat again now to you. I see no similarity between <laughs> talking about wishing you had your AR gun, which you don't have, so that you could take. Fire rounds at these uh, thought to be shoplifters. And the incidents in these cases, which are not, there's nothing in your case that suggests the defendant was lying in wait to shoot at somebody or reflecting upon the shooting for a vast amount of time. Every one of the incidents involves uh, matters that involve seconds in time. So I don't, I commented, <laughs> thanks, LJ. I, don't I could use all that. And I don't see the similarity now. If it's not similar, that's, that's the whole rule. Those are all the exceptions to 90404. Check the authorities. Wigmore on evidence. Judge Weinstein. Colonel McCormick. It's the, the prior act has to bear the signature of the accused. Or it has to be so similar as to suggest it's a common plan or something like that. You have an incident where he's making comments about some alleged shoplifters versus crimes that involve instantaneous actions, whether premeditated murder or whether self-defense, that's for the jury to decide. But I don't see the similarity. I said it couldn't come in, and it isn't coming in, no matter what you think. Oh. Number two. I, I have to be concerned that with what Mr. Richards has said about the, the, the progress of the trial and, and um, when, when you were way, well, I said you were over the line, in, uh, close to or over the line on commenting on the defendant's pretrial silence, which is a well-known rule. I, 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 I'm astonished that that would have been an issue. So I don't want to have another issue as long as this case continues. Is that clear? It is. Thank you. I ask the jury to come back in, please. <laughs> so if he does it again, it's a mistrial. If he does it, it's a mistrial with prejudice. You know what that means? Yeah. They cannot they charge him again. It's as if a, yeah. a um, not guilty verdict was reached. Yeah. Now he's on the line. And he says, I'm not even sure you're not over the line. And the judge, by the way, could find it could go through this entire testimony and the judge could find just uh, overnight, like this, this goes into tomorrow overnight. Yeah. He re-reviews that information the jury too much. Yeah. And it prejudiced the jury too much could walk in in the morning, declare a mistrial with prejudice and dismiss the jury. I believe that the judge is on the, is on the edge of doing that right now. The judge is very pissed off. He sees this 18 year old kid as being demonized. When that 18-year-old kid was yeah. protecting the community. And a community, by the way, that they tried to act as if he didn't belong he in, but his, yeah. but his dad lived in yeah. Kenosha. All right, go ahead. I also want to mention, before it gets started, how awesome the judge's chair is. I didn't realize it reclines. It looks like it's a stationary wooden chair, but it's actually just like a swivel chair. It can recline. 
uh, and it's also incredibly squeaky. They need to oil that chair. <clears throat> Go ahead, Mr. Thank you, Judge. So, Did you see how he said? Thank you, Judge. Turn you were to act as if that was the, his the day benefit. of August 25th, 2020. Okay. You had spent the night at Dominic Black's house. Is that right? Yes. And you indicated that you had worked at the Recplex the night before. Is that right? The 24th, correct. Okay. And you worked until about 7 p.m.? I, I couldn't give you an exact time, but I'd say I got off around between 6 and 7. I, I don't recall. It's been while. And then you drove your car over to Dominic's house? Yes. Okay, so um, the rest of the time it seems like you're being driven around in Mr. Black's car. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Why did you guys use his instead of yours, if you know? Um, at the time I didn't have a driver's license and I would drive just to get to work and sometimes to go to Dominic's dad's house. So even though you didn't have a driver's license, you drove from your home in Antioch to the Recplex to work that day? Oh, man. They got him. Um, yes, to be able to get to work. And then after work, uh, you drove without a driver's license to Dominic Black's house? <laughs> yes. So I assume then on the week prior to that, when you'd drive yourself to work, that was also without a driver's license? I objection to this. I'll move on. So you drove to Mr. Black's house. This you guy's a piece there. of trash. Yes. And this is the type of DA that you want to punch house. in the face. Yes. And then the next day, I mean, if I was to punch a DA in the face, this guy would be the perfect candidate for face punching. Is that right? <laughs> Spent the night at his house. And pinata party. <laughs> Why not? Let's go. Uh, had dinner. Careful. This, this prosecutor will say that that comment is admissible. Um, had breakfast. <laughs> we were going through social we were, we were, I was on social media and we saw all the damage. And we saw the car store, so we decided to go downtown. And you came down in uh, Dominic's car? Correct. And you said that uh, there was a time in which you were cleaning graffiti at Ruther? Yes. And then at some point, I believe you said, and I want to make sure I'm understanding the timeline here, that you went to one of the car sources and, and encountered the owners, Sam or Sal or whoever they are, correct? Yes. Which of the car source locations was that? It was the car source right here. And that's the one at the northeast corner of 59th and Sheridan? Correct. And that's the one that had gotten totally burned out on one of the previous nights? Yes, that was the one where everything w was destroyed. The other car sources still had cars there. So, Now, before that, had you ever worked at car source before? I have not. Had you ever bought a car there before? I have not. Had you ever even heard of car source before all that? Yes. Through Dominic? Well, no. Um, I, I would drive past it on a daily basis. I was in Kenosha almost every day, and I'd drive down Sheridan Road almost every day. Okay. So you saw the business along with the churches and the ultimate gas station and the courthouse and hey everything guys, else listen, in Hey, guys, listen. I'm going to let you guys yes. continue this. God bless you. i got to go. I got, I'm late for my meeting. My hall pass just ran out. So yourself? Um, okay. I'll talk Me to you guys Dominic soon. Did. I'm going to go right. punch a DA and in the face. Did so. they ask you <laughs> to come protect Just kidding. It was a joke, Max. They didn't ask me oh, I, I'm directly. sorry. This DA doesn't take directly. Jokes. Joke, 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 joke. I'm just joking. Was Smith I, I, around for that? At there's that not a DA there, He wasn't so there when me and Dominic now. were talking to them. Did you ever personally witness any of these car source folks, Sal or Sam or any of the folks that were running that business, did you ever personally ask, witness them ask Nick Smith to guard any of their properties? No. Did you ever witness any of them ask anyone to guard any of their properties. Not that I can recall. What time, if you recall, did uh, you find out that they'd asked Nick Smith? I believe I said in my drug examination between 3.15 and 3.30. And that was shortly after you had sent a text to um, Sam, right? Co correct. And you texted him and asked him uh, if you could protect his business that night, correct? I did. And in that text you said, I'm more than willing and will be armed, correct? Yes. You meant you'd be armed with your AR-15? Yes. And you said that me and my brother would both be there armed, correct? Yes. By your brother you meant Dominic? Yes. He's obviously not legally your brother. No. And you said in the text, 
I just need address. Do you recall that? Yes. Why did you need the address of a location you'd already been to? Um, I just wanted to like pinpoint it and on the Google Maps because uh, GPS, because you know with all the all the roads were closed down in Kenosha, I just wanted to know the best route to drive there with Dominic. But you just told us that you drove past here every day up and down Sheridan. Why did you need GPS to help you find a place that you drive past every day? The roads weren't closed when I drove past them every day. <laughs> but you still knew where you were going. <laughs> Got him. Right? Sort of, but with like the back roads. I... Okay, so let's talk about the roads being closed. What do you mean by that? Well, Sheridan Road was closed off, and I I'm trying to remember. I don't think there there are a lot of roads closed off. I couldn't tell you exactly their names. Kyle's right a better witness than this guy is a lawyer. Construction going on? Uh, no, they were closed off because of the riots. They were closed <laughs> off to keep people out of the area, right? No. Yes. And you knew there was a curfew that night, right? The curfew charge has already been dropped. Um, I, the curfew charge has already I been got dropped. An emergency alert text at around 8 p.m. Just like everybody else saying, "Stay off the streets." The curfew charge has been dropped. There's no curfew charge. It's still relevant to his decision making. No, no, you're insinuating like lawlessness and it's been dropped. You got a message saying, "Get off the streets at 8 o'clock that night," right? Yes. And despite that message, you came down, correct? I was already in Kenosha downtown when I got that message. Once you got that message, you didn't decide, I'm going to leave and go home like I'm supposed to, correct? I stayed at the car source. And you knew that there was this curfew in place that meant you shouldn't be there anymore, oh. correct? The curfew charge has been there dropped. Are, I, I'd say hundreds, if not thousands of other people there that night that also got the same message. So if they're all breaking the law, you can too? I was, I don't think the curfew was really being enforced. So if a law is not being enforced, you can disregard it? This is the best he can do to make Kyle look like you a bad person. You said that there was a yeah. time in which Nick Smith asked you guys to drive him down to Chicago? Correct. To buy a piece of body armor? Correct. Down by O'Hare? Correct. And you guys were willing to do that um, at first? D Dominic was willing to do it. It was more of Dominic's thing because Nick Smith was going to give throwing like 20 bucks to Dominic when he bought it for like gas. So Nick Smith was going to pay $20 for the gas to drive down to O'Hare where Nick Smith was planning on buying this body armor. Yes. And he needed that body, or he, the idea was the body armor would be used that night, correct? I believe so. That's why there was some urgency about going down right away, right? Yeah. This was part of the plan to come down, down to downtown that night, right? He wanted to go to O'Hare to buy the body armor, so yes. Do you understand my question? Can you rephrase yeah. it? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. The, the urgency to get that body armor that day was because he needed it for that night, right? I wouldn't say he needed it, but he wanted it. And instead of making the drive, you gave that body, your own body armor to Nicholas Smith. Correct. You had it along with you? Yes. You brought it along with you that day because you thought you might need it yourself that night. Correct? No, I kept it in my trunk of the car. I always had it. You drive around with body armor in the trunk of your car regularly? Well, it was just in the back of my trunk. I never really took it out. And you said yes. at some point that day you went to Jelinski's. That's the hunting goods, fishing store out on Highway 31 and 52nd Street to buy a couple of slings. Is that right? That's correct. And this was one sling for you and one for Dominic, right? Yes. And you bought two of the identical type of sling, correct? Yes, the cheapest, the cheapest ones they had. And that's a single point sling, meaning it attaches to the gun in one location, correct? Yes. And then it wraps around your body, correct? Yes. And it's designed to help you retain possession of that weapon, correct? 
you probably know more about them than I do. I just got it to hold the rifle. So when I'm doing medical aid, I don't have to sit on the ground and have to worry about it being stolen. Because you realize that you couldn't have that gun on you while you're doing any sort of medical aid, correct? I realize, I knew that I couldn't, without a sling, have it on me. That's why I got the sling, so I could have my hands yeah. free. But even when you had the sling, there was a time in which you took off your entire gun apparatus and handed it to Joanne Fiedler because it was in the way of you trying to treat someone, right? At that instance, yes, because it was hitting the ground. Uh, the rifle was hitting the ground. Um, when I bought it, that was the purpose of it. I don't think it really worked, now that this, I think of it. This big, long AR-15 really got in the way whenever you tried to help someone, right? Sometimes. If you had a handgun, for example, you could have been... It would have been physically more easy for you He's to not try and treat legally someone. allowed to have a handgun. If I could have legally carried a handgun, I would have carried a handgun instead of a pistol. I mean, instead of a rifle. You grabbed some medical supplies from Dominic Black's house before you came downtown that night, correct? I grabbed extra gauze, but that's about it. You testified earlier that your AR-15 was loaded with 30 rounds of ammunition. Is that right? Yes. Where did that ammunition come from? That was from our last, um, last trip up north, from May, the time we took it up north. So when the gun was left at Dominic's Black's house, it had that ammunition with it? Um, it yeah, the ammo was in a box, in a magazine, I don't really know. When you were at Dominic Black's house on August 25th, you found your, that AR-15 downstairs in his basement, correct? No. Where did you find it at? It was downstairs in the basement, but it was, I was told by Dominic Black, hey, go downstairs, grab, that rifle, grab your rifle. So you knew up until that point that that rifle was being stored in a gun safe in the garage, correct? Correct. And you didn't have the code or any access to that gun safe, correct? I did not. It just happened that on this particular day, Dominic Black's stepfather had moved that gun into the house, correct? Yes. You didn't know that beforehand? I didn't. You didn't know that it had been taken out of the safe? No. And so you went downstairs and grabbed it? After instructed to do so by Dominic, I did. And it had that magazine? After I was instructed to do so. After I was instructed to do so by Dominic, I did go downstairs and grab it. And it had the magazine already inserted in the rifle? It did. And the magazine was already loaded with 30 rounds? I believe so. When did you chamber a round? Um, I don't know if I ever did. Well, you had to have to fire the gun, right? Yeah, no, I, think it already it, been chambered. I think it was already chambered when I got it. I, that's what I remember. I don't remember racking it at all that night. Because the way this type of gun works is that you have to have a magazine with ammo in it. You have to insert the magazine into the gun, and then you have to rack it Someone to has load to. one of those he rounds doesn't have into to. the chamber. Someone right? has to. Yes. And you were familiar with how to do all that, correct? Yes. And it can't discharge a bullet unless a bullet is racked into the chamber, correct? Correct. And so your testimony here, as best you can recall, is that you never had to do the initial racking because the bullet was already in the chamber when you took possession of it that day. Is yes, that fair to I, say? I, I, believe so. I believe that it was already racked. And the ammunition that was in that was full metal jacket ammunition, correct? 223 uh, full metal jacket. 223 being the This caliber. is where they yes. might get him. Full a metal bit. jacket being the type of. He case. should have been using hollow yes. points. Uh, full metal jacket is the bullet type. The bullet type. Okay, I apologize. And you're aware there are different types of bullets, like hollow point bullets, correct? Yes. Um, yes. And when you were in the process of purchasing this gun, well, let me back up for a second. You said that the 30 rounds of ammo were left over from 
previous. I assume you mean when you were up in Ladysmith? Yes. And you were practicing with the gun up there? Yes. And they, Dominic Black's family has some sort of firing range or shooting range up there, is that right? They have a gravel pit where um, it's safe to shoot. And you and Dominic would practice with your AR-15s shooting at targets in that gravel pit, correct? Correct. And you would shoot at targets as far as, what, 75 yards away? No. How close were the targets? I was about... I was about... I think the furthest I ever got was maybe from me to the TV. You didn't shoot at any targets farther away than that? No. Dominic Black testified that he shot at targets 75 yards away. Did you see him do that? I didn't, but I don't know what Dominic Black saw or what Dominic Black was shooting at. I, I wasn't with him when he did that. But you were aware of the fact that the AR-15 was capable of hitting targets much further away than you to the TV, correct? This is stupid, stupid questioning. I believe so. Did you know the capabilities of your own weapon? I knew that it, yes. it could shoot and I believe from a distance. I don't know how far. I'm not an expert on AR-15s. Did you personally purchase that 223 full metal jacket ammunition? I did not. Who did? Dominic did. Did you ask him to purchase it? I did not. So you didn't know what type of ammo was in that gun. Is that I, right? I knew they were 223 full metal jackets. I, the first time I shot it, I had to load it into the magazine. So you knew the type of round, but you didn't know what those rounds were capable of doing. Is that fair to say? That's not true. Don't say yes. Don't Believe say yes. Believe a bullet's a bullet. As you sit here today, you know that there are different types of bullets, right? Yes. You know God that hollow point bullets, for example, do different things to a animal or a human than full metal jacket bullets, correct? So he's going to try yeah. and insinuate that by using full metal jackets, full he didn't have to care for who was behind a, his target. Like a defense round, like another type of defense round. I know full, people use full metal jacket for hunting, and hollow point is something that causes more damage. Hollow point bullets are designed to hit the animal that they're being shot at. Let's say a deer, for example, and explode inside that body. Correct? Objection statement. No, I don't I don't think so. They don't explode. Yeah, when you say explode, are you saying expand or explode? Because there are such things as exploding bullets. <laughs> sure. Let me let me rephrase. Mr. Rittenhouse, what is your understanding of what a hollow point bullet would do if it were shot at, say, a deer? I, I don't think people use hollow point. That wasn't my question, sir. What is your understanding of what that bullet would do? Let me, let me rephrase it then, because you're aware that people use hollow point bullets in their pistols to defend themselves against other people, yes. correct? Yes. Ryan Balch, for example, testified in this trial that he was carrying a pistol loaded with hollow point ammunition for self-defense. Do you remember that testimony? I, I do. So what is your understanding, if you have one, as to what hollow point they're, ammunition they're trying to would do to intimate that. He didn't care if he shot someone, if it hit someone behind him. Same thing as any other bullet. Um, like I said, a bullet's a bullet. Um, I just believe hollow points. I, I'm sorry, I don't know much about ammo. Um, I'm trying to think of what I remember, but I just don't know much about ammo. So you didn't know the difference between what a full metal jacket bullet would do versus a hollow point, right? I, I believe a hollow point, From I, I just don't know much about this. Um, I believe a hollow point would cause more damage to the first target, but it wouldn't continue through to okay. any other targets, right? That's what they're, that's I, I what they're insinuating. The Whereas a full metal jacket bullet is specifically designed to continue through its first target. No, no it's not. Flying. That's a total Correct? lie. I, I, you know, uh, 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 that's absolutely <clears throat> a lie. First of all, the just uh, not the, true. The, the um, hollow point is not guaranteed to stay in the first object struck, which is so what you said was not correct. 
Uh, uh, secondly, there's no testimony on that, Your Honor. Uh, no, but you've been testifying, and that's what Mr. That's what Mr. We're going to break a break for lunch. Uh, please don't uh, talk about the case. Uh, read, watch, or listen to any account of the trial. We'll see you. Uh, let's hope at uh, about 12:45. Oh, I've got a couple of hearings. All right, so why don't we say one o'clock? Take down the screen. Apologize for taking time. Take down the screen. So what that prosecutor was attempting to do there was to, as I was saying, intimate that because he was using full metal jacket rounds, he didn't care if the rounds would have hit someone and kept going and hit someone else behind them. That's one of the rules of gun safety. Anyone who's been taught gun safety, be sure of what your is what your target is and what's in front of it and what's behind it. So ideally, you would carry a firearm, a defensive firearm with hollow point bullets. Um, but that's not a that's not a, a true in all cases um, thing uh, in in, ho in houses. Sometimes you don't uh, obviously you'd want a hollow point, but sometimes people will use frangible bullets when they have home defense um, for their house because a frangible bullet is designed to literally break up. A hollow point bullet will expand upon Im impact, kind of flowers out different petals. A frangible bullet will actually break up into little pieces, and the reason you would use that in a home is so that if you were to shoot drywall the bullet would break up and not just go right through and hit someone on the other side of it. In this situation, ideally, your self-defense rounds, when you are, are in a self-defense situation, would be hollow point bullets. Um, but that is not to say that it is unreasonable to use full metal jacket rounds. It just it, it is, is equally reasonable. You just need to be careful when you shoot people to make sure that you're not going to hit someone else behind it because you are responsible for everywhere that bullet goes. Once it once you fire the bullet, you're responsible for everywhere it goes. And that's why you tend to want to use hollow point bullets. That way you're not having to worry about it shooting past someone and hitting an innocent bystander. So that's where the prosecution is trying to go with this. They're trying to claim that, uh, that, that he was somehow negligent. And the reason that they're trying to do that is because one of the charges against him is um, reckless endangerment. That he put um, the videographer from the Daily Caller um, in jeopardy. That's one of the that's one of the claims. Now, that is not to say that if you have a gun that is only loaded with full metal jackets, that you do not have the right to defend yourself when there is someone standing behind the person. You still have the right to defend yourself. But in that case, if you were to hit someone else behind them, you would be legally and civilly liable for wherever that bullet goes, whatever damage that bullet does. And that's why, again, people tend to want to use hollow point bullets. Now, because this gun was taken right from their last range trip, you would not target shoot with hollow point bullets. The reason being hollow point bullets are more expensive. When you're just shooting paper or you're shooting rocks or you're shooting trees or whatever, wood targets, you don't want hollow point bullets because you're basically just burning money. You want the cheapest bullet available, which tend to be full metal jackets. And there are tons of people who cannot afford hollow point bullets um, and they have no choice but to use self-defense rounds that are full metal jacket. So that's what they're trying to intimate here and he said he doesn't have a very good understanding of ammunition they're probably going to try and use that to get that reckless endangerment cause uh, charge to stick that he didn't understand what the bullet would do didn't care what the bullet would do and shot someone knowing that it could have danger endangered someone behind i don't think that that is going to stick but that's obviously where that line of questioning is coming from um you don't see a lot of of them questioning his motivations of whether he feared for his life. You don't, you don't hear that. I'm sure that'll come, right? What you hear them claiming is that he illegally drove, which is probably to set up future prosecutions, that he had somehow engaged in a straw purchase, which I don't think technically that qualifies as a straw purchase. Um, also that he uh, was violating the curfew, which that charge has been dropped. So the fact that they're allowed to continue arguing that would prejudice the jury the jury should not be allowed to hear testimony that he was breaking the law when they had just the judge had just dropped that charge. So they're setting up all these other charges. So I, I think at this point, the prosecution probably believes they're not going to win out on the murder charges and they're hoping to get him on something, which is why you hear him talking about the full metal jacket rounds. Um, it'll be interesting. Kyle, I mean, you can see, and again, this is one of the reasons that I'm very hesitant to recommend that anyone go on the stand if the prosecution has not made the case. There are a couple of moments here where Kyle Rittenhouse technically has made his argument a little worse when he's up there saying, I don't, I'm not an expert in bullets. Listen, you, you don't have to get any training to use a firearm to defend yourself. 
but it's best a uh, best practice to understand the capabilities of your gun the capabilities of your ammunition which is why the prosecutor was going after Kyle and saying you don't know how far your AR15 can shoot again setting up this this line of questioning they'll probably happen after lunch which will accuse Kyle Rittenhouse of errantly shooting not understanding that the bullet can go for 100 200 plus yards if nothing gets in the way and putting other people in jeopardy other people at risk so that's probably where they're going with this again i don't know if it's going to stick it shouldn't stick but we probably wouldn't be in this position we probably wouldn't be in this position right now if kyle rittenhouse hadn't taken the stand now the trade-off is obviously that kyle rittenhouse took the stand and he had that moment of complete emotional reaction when he was first asked to recount what happened that night the jury got to see that the jury got to see him emotionally breaking down not not in like like guilt but out of just fear reliving those fearful moments so there's a trade-off and we're gonna have to see obviously this <laughs> this prosecutor's a complete ass he's, he's so smug and remember that the judge has said that if he crosses the line one more time there's gonna be serious repercussions so they're taking a break. It sounds like they're going to be going past 1 p.m. So we're going to try and and keep going. If not, that'll be it for this morning edition of the podcast. If we can't go live again, we will come back later in the day and recap what happened. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.